This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast with your host, me, Valerie Moss. Today's show is part two of She's an Angler. Sit back and enjoy the rest of this episode. And this interview with these two amazing anglers, Fisher Women or Fisher Sisters. Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast with your host, me, Valerie Moss. This show is about eating, reading, and creating. How these three things influence us every day. And the people that make this happen, isn't it you or me or our friends? Tony, you've been around the water bodies in Alberta, especially and like Saskatchewan and that. Like, do you have a favorite spot you go to? I or is it for different reasons, maybe? I don't really have a favorite spot. And I'll qualify that by saying I am still very new at this. I've been doing it only two years. And I learn so much every year. Well, I mean, every time we have a meeting, I learn. So I I don't really have a favorite spot because I want to check out all the spots the women are telling me to go. And it's a different method of fishing pretty much everywhere I go. I mean, you read the Mm -hmm. water and you you look at the bugs and that's all the same. But uh, so fun. Yeah. It's an adventure every time. <laughs> so when yeah. you read the water, so just set the stage for us. So you got your <laughs> you got your hip waders on. No, I'm just joking. Do you wear hip waders? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Sheesh. Okay. So you got your pink <laughs> hip waders on, and you're trekking out in the stones, and the sun's beautiful. Like, tell me, set the stage. Amber, Tony, one of you set the stage for me. Like, what is the optimal day? You wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to go and fish today. Okay, I'm going, it- to, I'm going to indulge you. Um, indulge me, I need <laughs> On this one particular day, I wanted to go out to the Bow River and fish. And um, at the time, I had a favorite spot, but I don't go there anymore. So I went to this spot. I was there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. And the sun was just coming up and the fog was over the water Mm. and you could hear the birds waking up and calling and you couldn't really see very far. I didn't even open my tackle box or anything. I had my coffee and I was reading the river. Tony and Amber both sent me pictures of their fishing, but the one that Tony sent me is the picture she just told the story about. When you look at the picture, you can feel the serenity. You can taste the fresh air. You can hear the birds. You can feel your place there, sipping your coffee, watching the fog, being with your thoughts. It's a feeling that you get when you search it out. Set the time aside and go. 
And so what you're doing is you're looking for, because the, the river changes all the time, not to a big degree. It depends on the water flow, if there was a flood, where you know what the water level is. But you're you're looking for particular formations in the water where, say, fast water runs into slow water and you, mm. you see a bit of a riffle there. And you just watch that seam. And what I like to do is watch that seam. And um, we, we just had a, a talk, a presentation on this method of reading the water. And this is what I've always done because I noticed that the foam comes around and collects against the shore. So that's food. Everything under that foam is food. So you want to watch for that riffle and cast into that riffle and let your fly become part of the food chain. And oh, interesting. Okay. that's where the fish are. Yeah. So you don't just throw your, your fly anywhere in the river. You do it precisely where you think the fish are so you're reading the water the fast the slow maybe the pools where water is pooling or where the eddies are reading the river here's what you look for a riffle with an ff shallow and rocky with surface disturbances in a v movement eddy swirling reverse current circular Tail out, shallow area at the end of a pool's A movements. Run deeper water with smooth, uniform currents. Pool deep, calm water. And all of that. So it's really fun. Sandbars, you know, mm. and you can walk. Just be walking up the river and it's like, okay, go walk a few feet. No, I'm going to try right here. And then you do a couple casts and you don't get anything. And then you walk a little bit farther and you cast in this other place and then you catch a massive one, maybe this day, <laughs> you know? but such joy. Yeah. It's such like, joy. You, can't, you can't see what um, we have them on video and they're both showing about like a, a little tiny two or three inch size of a fish. That is what they're joyous about catching. So uh, like a little thing like that brings so much gratitude, right? Like you just feel so great. And when you can read the water, like you're saying, Tony, when you read the water and you can see that little pooling, it's just like you've figured it out. You have the secret, right? And then you tie and then you try. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So are you going like against the water or with the water? Or does that really matter? The current or whatever? Actually, that matters a great deal. The the fish be looking up water right i got that part right any fish that's facing downstream is dead they're not they're just so they they have to swim upstream Mm -hmm. so you want to cast upstream and let your fly float down like like it had landed on the water and was just a natural bug that is neat So do you make your own fishing rods as well, or do you buy them? No. They're not like a stick. I just, I don't even know what they look like. I didn't even look that far, but I thought, well, if you, cause it's not a reel. There yeah. is a reel. There, there, there is a reel. 
you do have a real but you it, a fly rod is something like getting fit for a golf club right it's mm. it's what you what fits you your style your strength the curve the way you're able to deliver the line so mm. you should before you buy a rod you should actually test it um right. and then there's different weights right and, and like i i have a six i guess it's a four four weight rod mm. what do you fish with more most of the time tony i have a nine foot uh five weight yeah so yours is a six foot four weight. No, I yours have a in... I have a nine foot four weight. Nine foot four. Okay. I think it's oh, nine. that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But you can get six weight. Like so, I tried a six weight, and then that one wasn't right for me. So then changed it up. Right. Can you rent them? Probably. Hey. Some sort of a. I don't know that. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. You can rent gear. Right. Anywhere. I've like never if I wanted to come and try it, would I be able to borrow a rod or rent a rod probably from somebody in the the club or somebody you know, right? The club has rods that, and reels yeah. that we could loan. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. When you go out, do you, like you were saying, Tony, you went out at five in the morning. Like, is it morning or evening is better? Or is it more preference if you're a morning person or what's the best time to catch fish? Well, fish eat all the time. That's what they're designed to do. Hmm. So it just depends. Answer. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it depends what they're eating at the time, right? Hmm. Like Amber was saying, all that. They, the hatch is happening all day, so the bugs start underwater and then they come to the surface to the meniscus of the water. That's the word. Oh, I the was meniscus. For. Yeah. And they hang in there and then they crawl out of their casing and they sit on the water and unfold their wings. And every one of these stages, the fly looks different. Oh yeah. And then when they launch up off the water, well then that's a dry fly. Because it's it's floating on top of the water. Got it. So we actually so powder that we can put on the dry flies called floatant, and then yeah. it'll have it float on the top of the surface. So when you're casting your rod out, it's just hovering above the water, or do you actually go into the water? You can do both, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I thought it was more like a teasing thing, but it's. I've had fish jump out of the water and take my fly in the air. Oh, wow. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. That'd be pretty satisfying. Hey, you must know you have a good fly. Yeah. Tied. Yeah. There was one time where I cast and then like the, the water was going, flowing underneath a log. So I cast it. I let the water take the fly towards the ro log and before it got to go under the log because I didn't want my line to get all tangled up I just stopped yeah. it and a, f a fish came out from under the log and got it so mm. it's like kind of you know they saw it but it, it was swam right under and sometimes you can see it coming right for it for it right and then they may look at it and go no that's not what I want 
and swim away. So then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to try a different fly and see if I can get you this. And then sometimes you can get it. It's pretty cool when you see it kind of come up, look at your fly. Oh, no, I don't want that and go away. I've only had experience ice fishing. You know, you dangle your little stick over the hole and every time you feel like there's a bite or not a bite, that's my most experience ever. I don't even think I ever caught anything ice fishing. It was more just, you know, to be out on the water in the frozen lake with everybody. But it's, I know the thrill of catching something, whether it's big or small, you feel so good about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even Amber showed me this picture of this teeny tiny fish that could swim right in between the web of the net. (laughs) <laughs> like it was so, so small, but the look on Amber's face was like over the moon, right? Like you just jackpot. Yeah. Totally. It was, I mean, first fish yeah. I ever caught. Oh, that was the first one. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. That's so neat. Okay. So time of day doesn't matter. Whatever works. So if you want to be more by yourself, probably it's probably better to go whatever time works for you, right? Because there's probably like higher populated areas of fishermen during certain times, I would assume. No? Mm. Like there's like sought after areas to go to or not really? I, I have very rarely come across lots of fishermen in any one spot like you may see them come and go but um i haven't like Not except for, i mean i went to a lake in kananaskis last weekend and that was certainly very crowded but it was for kids it was a stocked pond and you oh, know yeah. i mean every 10 feet there's a fisherman right right but yeah usually you travel a little bit and get out to a more remote area more quiet so do you mostly go by yourselves or do you go with a buddy I'll go either way yeah I'm going by myself right now just because of my situation but and I don't really have a lot of fishing partners although I could reach out to anybody in the club and go fish with them and I have done still water with a lady from the fishing club before in in belly boats which was quite fun Um, But, you know, we're really blessed here in Alberta with some of the best water, you know, like all of our rivers and all of our mountain lakes and streams and things like that. There's so many options to basically hike in anywhere and fish or you can, you know, just walk down from Eau Claire Market and cast a line right there. So you need a license to do this, right? Yeah. Yes. And is it part of the wind license? Yes. Yeah. Mm. So it can be pretty pricey. What is that? Like 200 bucks a year or something like that? No. Oh, I just got mine. It's a $27 or something, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I just have mine here. Um, You need your wind card. And I think that's good for two years. And th- that's yeah. something like $30, I think. And then. Oh, sorry. Se- I, must, I thought it was part of the hunting license now. No? Hunting and. 
You need a win card for a fishing license or a hunting license. Okay. Yeah. So it's twenty eight dollars a year, is what wow. my just cost me. So mm-hmm. right. Oh, yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty reasonable. You do need to have a wind license. And WIN stands for Wildlife Identification Number Card to fish in Alberta. Anyone who fishes or hunts requires one of these cards. Tony paid just under $9 for hers in 2019. So you can see it's a very reasonable price to get a license. You can fish all year round. However, the types of fish and locations differ for open fishing based on species of fish. And to get a fishing license, it's only $28. So if you had to start all over this year, you'd be in on everything for under 30 bucks. Once you have your, like you're buying a rod, you might be buying boots and waders and a net and some flies and, you know, a few tools to get you started. Yeah. That could be quite pricey, but there's so many ways to buy them secondhand or, um, you know, get into the sport really cheaply, and then it costs you nothing, really. Just yeah, once able- you have your, you know, starting gear set up right, then you're pretty yeah. good for a while. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you need a few, you need, like, some really specific things to get yeah. you started that you can't share or, like, flies. Like, you could share flies or ties or whatever yeah. they're called. Flies. Yeah. You yeah. tie the fly. Right. <laughs> the main difference between fly fishing and regular fishing or spin fishing. What's the main difference? The is main different- difference is um, the lures are different and the rods and the equipment is different. And mm. so I guess the simple answer is the method of casting is different. Because you can use a fly on a spin rod, but you need to put a weight on it because it's the weight of the hook that causes the hook to go out. The cast. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but on a fly rod, it's actually the weight of the the line. Hmm. That like the line itself, you'll see, you can see it uh, when someone's casting it. It'll be orange or it'll be green or it'll be a color, a blue and oh, okay. that is that line is weighted. So what you're doing is you're you're putting out some of that heavy line on the water, and then you're loading your rod when you cast, when you lift it up, and then you snap it and you push it forward and you snap it and the line shoots forward. So and the how difference much of the is, line do you let out? So it seems like it's like feed and feed and feed, like a long line. From when you see people kind of casting it out, is it long or is it's, it just has an illusion? You, um, depends you are. <laughs> depends how good you are, how far you go. Oh. Well, that's true. Some people can cast 30 feet and I mean, wow. I can, I can build up to that with a few false casts, but we were told what the most is like one false cast, right? That's what we were told by Paula Shearer. Um, but all of that said, I've caught all my fly fish, caught fish, like fly rod caught fish about, uh, 15 feet away from me. 
So mm-hmm. how far do you really need to cast? It's about placing the line properly so that it floats naturally to where the fish are. And the fish are usually by the shore. They're usually closer to the shore than in the middle of the right whatever body it is. If you see those drift boats that are floating down the river, mm-hmm. they're casting towards the shore. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you can like you can cast and then you may let out line if your fly is floating, right? So you can let out more line. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And then get it to go wherever you want it to go. And you might need to they call it mending where you like flip your line to get it re in line with the feed line of the oh, yeah. water get it placed where you want where those little bubbles are yeah right learning attention over here you just need to come out (laughs) i might have to so you don't use our like a reel but you have some sort of a reel it's not the same style as like a standard fishing rod it's more smaller it's silent right what is it is it yeah I don't yeah. know. I'm very familiar with the spin casting reels. So maybe Tony, you can talk to that. Yeah. So the spin casting rod is quite, uh, the reel is quite different. Um, like you, you hold down a button or you hold the line and then you put your rod behind you and you, you throw it out and you release the line or you release mm-hmm. the button and it goes. And th- those reels are designed primarily to just reel it back in so there's a serious drag system on it and it's all the same kind of line a monofilament or braided line and you just yeah. you just reel it in that's what it's made for and then when a big fish takes that 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 reel will control the uh, the line and so if it's a strong fish some of the the line might come back out just so the the line doesn't snap yeah, yeah. So that kind of a reel is for casting, spin casting. Mm. And then the reels that come on the fly rods, they're they're larger in circumference, but that's because they hold at the very base, they hold some backing line. And I don't know what kind of material that is. It's probably a synthetic. And what that is, is it's usually like a bright color. And then on that is your floating line or your sinking line. That's the colored line I was referring to, the weighty line. Right. And then after that, you tie on a leader. And that can be nine feet long. It can be 12 feet long. It can be oh, five feet okay. long. okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then on the bottom of that, because it's a tapered, it's tapered, it gets smaller towards the end. You tie on a matching piece of line however long you want to and that's the line that you use to tie your fly onto okay so all of this creates the line that you're handling on a fly rod and so that reel is really just used to hold the line Hmm. do you want to add anything to that amber like the way um i mean the way you cast a fly rod is you you put some of the line out below you and when you go to cast and release it you release that line and it shoots out and then when you catch a fish I mean you're always holding that line with your hands you know you have it 
and you strip it back in with your hand. Usually, yeah, you're like the tension of it. Right. You're not controlled by you. Okay. Yeah. You're not reeling it in with the fly rod. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. pretty neat. So that's very technical. Yeah, Sounds it is. Like it's weight of your line and then you have your weight of your leader. So you get different weights line or different weight of rods, different weight of line, different relate weight of leader. And then that extra line that you're putting on the end, which we call the tippet, you have all different types of weight of that as well. So, and then you're going to do different lengths. So do um, the colors of that, when you talk about the colors of the lines, do they have a different weight based on the color? Like there must be significance to uh, color coding? I don't think it's the color. I think it's, hmm. Yeah, there's just different types of lines. I don't think the color reflects the weight, does it, Tony? I don't think so. I think that's a brand thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. You can get different types of lines, so some that float and some that sink as well. Has yeah. fishing season already started? Uh, yeah, it started, um, hmm, I can't remember the date. Well, you just um, yeah, I just got my license, but I haven't actually got out this season yet. Is it family so you, day? It's around family day. Yes. Yeah, oh, wow. Like or no. No. Yeah. Oh. I th- but I you can so. fish year round here on the bow. Right. Well. Of course. It doesn't freeze. Yeah. But I don't think you can, like, there's certain rivers that still haven't opened up, right? Like some of the mountain streams, I think, if I'm correct, Tony, they haven't opened You really need to look at the um, the fishing guide that comes out every year because they change those regulations all the time. I know that last year they made a lot of changes about limits and I haven't reviewed the fishing um, guide this year yet so whenever you approach a new body of water you really need to look at that fishing guide to see what that river in the area you're in is um, is whether it's open or not because there can be a part of the river that's closed for a different part of the year than a kilometer down wow interesting What type of fish you t- are you typically fishing, like in the Bow River? Like, what's the main, main fish you're catching? Trout? Yeah. Like a rainbow trout, or what kind of trout is it? So there's rainbow trout. There are brown trout. Um, I've heard that there are uh, pike hmm. in there. Um, I can't remember all the species that are in there, but there are a lot of different species um, I know Trout Unlimited goes around in the fall and they rescue fish that have been stranded in um, storm overflows along the river. Oh, where wow. That's water cool. becomes a yeah. pond and sometimes fish end up in there. And they've rescued many different species of fish out of there. Hmm. Yeah. We were in uh, yeah. BC in the, by the Kokanee, the Kokanee Lakes. And we saw the fish like going upstream and having like their huge runs of all those trout and the bears were in there like 
just ready for the fish to come. And we got to sit and watch like this big release of them. To clarify my story, this is the Salmon Run in British Columbia, near the Nelson area. We were lucky while on vacation to visit the visitor center and watch the release of the salmon spawning. It was mayhem. Thousands of fish released their eggs into the water. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty amazing. Like they have, you know, their way of going about their their life cycle and it's pretty incredible with the bear there and it's just you know in the middle of this majestic forest and London got to witness it too like it's pretty amazing seeing hundreds and hundreds of them all rushing upstream together when they get released from the the habitat or the you know the the, basically the fisheries release them into the wild it's pretty cool favorite fishing books and he both had some really good ideas so amber do you want to start with your fishing book that you would maybe recommend or maybe it taught you something about your yeah. sport i'm drawing a blank of the exact name of it uh, oh um it's right here is that The Trout Streams of Alberta, and this is by Jim McClellan, McClellan, and he's down by Turner Valley. And oh, he's the one that taught you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he, so he actually, wrote that. Okay. Yeah, he's a writer for Fly Fusion as well, uh, which is a magazine. And um, I just found, because I'm so new, it has a lot of information in regards to the rivers, you know, the species of fish, you know, whether it's, you know, rainbow or brown or cutthroat trout. And uh, so, yeah, it was just, it was really good, really good book. And where they are, like where they congregate. Yeah. So it talks about kind of their, what they, their habitat and Mm. their, what they do, maybe what water they're in. Cricket is named after a bug. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoyed it. It also, like, uh, actually, Jason got this for me for Christmas, and he had Jim actually sign it. So that oh, very- that's neat. Yeah, special. very, very special. So, yeah, I thought it was very, very good book. I enjoyed mm-hmm. reading it. And yours, Pony? Um, so... I think it was a year and a half ago or something. I picked up this book um, on the library overdrive. I think it was called the river Y by David James Duncan. And um, I really enjoy, this is a a fictional book, but I really enjoy books that are well-written with big words that I can just bite into and hang on every word. This book is so descriptive I have since downloaded it again since you asked me about books and I'm trying mm-hmm. to listen to an audio book of this book and I can't concentrate. I can't get the same imagery mm. from someone reading it. Maybe if you read it, it would be different. Maybe. 
<laughs> but uh, it's it's an extraordinarily well written book, and uh, I, I would just encourage anyone who's interested in fly fishing to read it. It's uh, it just opened my mind. It taught me a bunch about fishing, about flies, about uh, um, methodologies of fishing. I don't want to give too much away about the book. Mm. Yeah, your little caption was kind of neat because it's a story of a young fisherman who struggles with his obsession of fishing and his spirituality. And one thing about doing a lone sport, whether it be fishing or stitching or journaling, something you're doing solely solitary is it's always a spiritual journey whether that be a god spiritual or just investing in yourself being mindful about the process and really connecting to it I think it's hard to experience it like I am through you guys although I'm so grateful and appreciative like being out there and walking and connecting with nature with all the senses I think would just be so much more valuable right just being in the moment and kind of feeling it through your whole body right every sense and being alone out there you can have more of a extraordinary connection to all the elements and yourself so I think that would be a a good book to read just purely based on the few things that I know about doing a sport or a hobby by myself is there's just so much more involved when you do it alone. When you do it with, you know, cohorts, it's great fun and you learn a lot, but I think you get more about it when you can really just immerse yourself in your own way into whatever that sport might be. So, yeah. That's, That's well said. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called The River Y. Okay. Uh, y is W-H-Y. Okay. Yeah. A good fiction book that can tell a story like that where you really connect is, I mean, who doesn't like a good read, right? Right. Yeah. I'm getting so do you guys just thinking about the book. <laughs> so Are you really? Oh, yeah. It's really great. Yeah, it's that good. Yeah. I'm, I just, um, and how, you know, you're just so much stronger than you really think you are. And to try something like a man's sport, like to me is this fishing that you guys are doing and loving is incredible. Like just do it. <laughs> just come join us. You'll I know. I, I want to give it a shot for sure and just experience it. I think it'd be great. You would absolutely love the camp out because it's a really fun group of women. Mm-hmm. And like it was music was playing around the campfire and people were dancing to ABBA. Mm-hmm. It, it's fun. I would yeah. probably like that. Yeah. I probably yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would just like to add a few things, if that's okay. Um, Absolutely. Since we were talking about women and fly fishing, I just wanted to mention that uh, a bunch of fly shops around town 
um, do cater to women in a big way. Uh, Fishtails Fly Shop, for example, they will fit you to waders and they will fit you to boots geared towards a woman's body. Um, there are also the Iron Bow Fly Shop, Bow River Trout Fitters, and the OFF, which is Off Fly Fishing Fly Shop. Um, all of these uh, local fly shops are very skilled, like Amber said, to get a fly rod fitted to you. These oh, people interesting. Will go okay. out of their way. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're phenomenal. And you can go in and ask any question and it's never looked upon as a, you know, a stupid question or, you know, any of that. They're just really good. Very, very helpful to give you share information and give you their, their tips. And they also have guides that work out of those fly shops that, mm. you know, you can invest and go take a couple lessons or go on a trip with them down the river. So. Oh, cool. All right, fisher ladies. Do you go by fishermen, fishermen, fisherwomen? Fish sisters. Oh, fish sisters. Well, that's pretty cute. I'll be I'll be tagging you both on Facebook with your new nicknames. <laughs> Do you guys have any questions for me? Thank you for taking the time to share your sport with me. I love it. Thanks, Amber, for including Tony. I didn't think of that. Yeah. And thanks, Tony, Thank for coming. That's so fun. Yeah. Thank you very much. This was fun. Yeah. You're Thank welcome. You. You're welcome. Hope no to questions. see you on the water. I know, yeah. hey? I know. Maybe one I'll day. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you Thanks. very much. You're welcome. Okay, you. bye. 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 Wow, what a great episode and what good sports these two women were to indulge this novice bystander who didn't even know what the word angler meant until I met with them. Even though my dad is an avid fisherman, I hadn't taken the time to learn about this amazing sport and the people who are akin to this. I learned a lot during this interview and with age, you get to experience life more in depth. And in return, you get to have a deeper connection to things like sport and, quote, sisters, as they so merrily put it. Please take the time to visit my show notes to see these two amazing women's faces, their tied flies, and all the links to licensing books, stores, clubs, Facebook pages, and more from this episode. Do you fish? Do you have a fishing story you want to share with me? Please leave a comment below and share this episode with your fishing buddies, women and men, as this episode has truly opened my eyes to the draw of this great sport. Thanks for listening. Before I close, I just want to share some of the main links. And again, these are in my show notes, but I want to put a shout out just because they hold such a special connection to the two women that were on my show. First off is the Calgary Women's Fly Fishing Club of Calgary. CalgaryWomenFlyFishers.com And this club meets on the third Thursday of each month. 
Hook and Hackle Club of Calgary. This club meets twice a month. And it's been around since 1954. I also want to give a shout out to The Fishing Hole, which is a proud sponsor of this club. Thanks for listening today. Please stay subscribed. Please keep in touch and share my show with your friends, family, and colleagues. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest. It's growing and building, and I love sharing and learning from you guys. Email or text me at my email address, Valerie at ValerieMoss.ca, and share your ideas and your comments about my show. My new show music is called Girl, and I love it. It's by Text Me Records, Leviathan. Intro and outro is recorded by London Moss. Cover art and production is by me, Valerie Moss. Thanks for listening. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for more information.